one, a two, a one. It's time for the Better Horses Radio Show with Ernie Rodina. Saddle up and ride as we explore the Western way of life, horses and cows, family and friends, a relationship with the land, and a relationship with God. It's all here on Better Horses Radio. Now let's hit the trail with Ernie and his co-host, Don Dawson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, don't touch that dog, folks. It is time to get around and talk horses. Everybody, I'm Ernie Rodina. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Don Dawson. Welcome to the Better Horses Radio Show. So glad to be here. Great to see all you folks and talk to you folks and uh, just tickled to death to be here. We are ready to have a great show today, and we're glad everybody's here today. And we are going to get it started off right with Pastor Steve Stafford of the Risen Ranch Cowboy Church. Are you there, Pastor Steve? I'm here, and it's always good to be with you kids. Yeah. So, Pastor Steve, can you get started off right? Let's kick this thing off. Hey, folks, you know what? It's all the better when we're with you as well. Well, today, I'd like to talk to you uh, about looking at an opportunity that we all have. But few take advantage of it. It is intercessory prayer. How is this defined? Well, I would suggest this. Intercessory prayer is when someone stands in the gap on behalf of another, a stepping in on somebody else's behalf through prayer, lifting another up to the Lord through prayer. Intercessory prayer should not be looked upon as an obligation, but rather a wonderful privilege. The Bible says this, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Samuel says it clear that when we do not pray for others, that when we do not stand in the gap on our knees for others, it is then that we're sinning against the Lord. And I might suggest that we're also sinning against the one needing the prayer. So it's our prayer here today at Better Horses that this would be an awakening moment for us all, that this would get our attention and that we would respond to this command of praying for others, praying for those that we love and praying for those that have done us wrong and hoping, just hoping that there is someone that's praying for us. Hey, this is Steve Stafford. I am the pastor at Risen Ranch Cowboy Church and a very proud member of the Better horses family. Hey, thank you, Pastor Steve. Yep. It's always good uh, to be reminded that the power of prayer, the power of lifting each other up and taking our petitions to the Lord. So thanks once again for always getting us started off right. Hey, I got a special request, uh, Steve, if that's all right. That's for Marcia, Marcia Chestnut from down in Texas. She's going through some treatments along with a bunch of other folks. Keep them in her prayers. We can do that, Ernie. That's a privilege Absolutely. that we all have. Hey, you know, we always love having you, Pastor Steve, and uh, we can't wait till next week. You always have the best messages. We learn something every single time we hear you. So we'll talk to you next week and tell Miss Debbie we love her. I'll go do it right now. See you, kids. Bye, Bye Steve. Steve. Hey, Ron and Ernie, we've got a great show lined up, don't we? Boy, we sure do. You know, we're going into part two with J.R. Robles, uh, the winner of the wild card at the road to the horse. And you're not going to want to miss that. And then who have we got after that, Ernie? We've got a, an old friend of Perry, not really old, but he's a really solid citizen. And we're talking about uh, Kerry Coon, Don, getting him back. It's going to be great from down in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. And he's going to be talking to us about what's going on with him. And uh, we got him coming up. We sure do. But you know what time it is now, Ernie? It's You bet I do. It's that time for our weekly uh, KSU Veterinarian Health Tip of the Week. 
with our friends at K-State. That's right. We've got Dr. Chris Blevins from the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Clinic up there, and he's got a tip for us this week talking about the fall leaves and in particular the red leaves and how they can be harmful to your horse. So, And they're really uh, changing right now. They are. So let's go listen to that message. Sounds great. Hello, folks. Ernie Rodina with the Better Horses Radio Show here with your weekly KSU Veterinary Health Center equine tip of the week. And folks, you're, uh, we got Dr. Chris Blevins with us today. Doc, welcome to Better Horses Radio again. Thank you very much, Ernie. You know, people are looking at, for the falls, to, the leaves to turn and how beautiful it is. But boy, when it comes to horses, these fall leaves can be toxic that you might wonder, especially if your horse is getting up forage, they might go to eat those leaves. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point. And we've got some, uh, you know, falls with some beautiful red leaves that we really need to be careful with. And that's the, just the red maple leaves. And, um, you know, everybody will have those around as, uh, in their yards, but also sometimes in pastures. And with that, that could, uh, be detrimental, uh, to a horse. So, uh, you know, understanding that red maple leaves, uh, can be toxic and it's really, not even during the spring when they're all green that they're toxic. It's actually when they're coming off uh, and on the ground. So wilted leaves have the highest concentration of the toxics uh, effects to the horse. And, and what it does to the horse, it actually, when they eat them, it really doesn't taste too bad. So if they eat a bunch of those leaves, you can have oxidative damage to red blood cells and then they become anemic. So then they kind of turn white or they get really uh, lethargic or weak or stumble or some of them, not, they can't even rise, you know, just because the red blood cells are too low. And, um, you know, when we have that this time of year, uh, always have uh, red maple leaf toxicity high on our list. So uh, if you got some red leaves there, uh, make sure you identify it. And if it's uh, blowing in with the horses or if it's in the horse pasture, uh, when you get those things picked up and uh, it's beneficial not to have uh, red maples uh, trees, especially in the lots and pastures with horses. Well, that's great points to look up after. Get your horse to Thanks for sharing the symptoms that go along with it. I'm sitting here thinking, I had a horse on the trail ride yesterday, could use a little red leaves uh, in their diet if it's going to make them a little bit more lethargic. Not really, I'm just joking, folks. But uh, excellent tip. I want to thank Kansas State University with Dr. Chris Blevins for bringing this tip, equine tip of the week, just super source resource to go to, for, to keep your horse healthy, work with your local vet. Dr. Chris Blevins, Thank you for all you have to offer out there. Thank you. Hey, once again, a big shout out to Dr. Blevins and all our friends there at the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center, always offering tips to help us improve the life of our horses. And uh, we appreciate all they do for us there, Ernie. You're exactly right. I tell you what, just great folks out there, great partners. Yep, Ernie, we're going to take a break and coming back off this break, we're going to have Kerry Kuhn with us, a great clinician and a horseman. Can't wait to have a visit with him. Folks, this is Better Horses Radio. Stay with us. No matter what discipline of riding you do, training, showing, and everyday stress is hard on your horse's legs. Decra Veterinary Products is a leading lameness company that brought you Osphos. Osphos is a Claudronate injection, an intramuscular bisphosphonate to help control the clinical signs of navicular syndrome in horses four years and older. Ask your veterinarian if Osphos is right for your horse. 
Decra Veterinary Products is a proud sponsor of The American. Stay cooler this summer by entering Merck Animal Health Sizzling Summer Sweepstakes for a chance to win an Arctic Summer Cooler. This soft pack cooler from Arctic is lightweight and durable. Take it anywhere, from a camping trip to the horse show. The cooler is leak-proof and insulated to keep your drinks cold for up to 24 hours. Enter before August 31st, 2022 by going to merck-animal-health-equine.com slash summer-sweepstakes. Again, that's merck-animal-health-equine.com slash summer-sweepstakes. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by ours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather, it just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Kleinschmidt's Western Store. Higginsville, Missouri. Routine dental examination and treatments are essential for high-quality horse care. To prevent potential problems, a horse's mouth should be examined at least once a year. I'm Dr. Chris Blevins, equine field service veterinarian at Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. We can examine the mouth and provide a treatment plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover to teach, to heal. Hey, we're back. Thanks for listening to Better Horses Radio. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Ernie Rudina. And I'm Dawn Dawson. And we bring you this segment by a sponsor that we love, Merck Animal Health. Go to their website, MerckAnimalHealth.com. Check out their products that they have for you. This time of year is real important for Safeguard and Panicure. So check that out and the timing on when you should worm. Check your horse with your vet for a fecal sample to see if you even need to, because a lot of people are worming when they don't need to and not worming when they do. So MerckAnimalHealth.com. Check it out. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this next guest. He's one of the first clinics I did, Don. You were at one of them and everything. We did it down in Jamesport, Missouri. One of the coldest nights ever. You remember that, Carrie? I sure do, Ernie. Down in Jamesport, Missouri, but you 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 stuck with it uh, and did a super job as you do a lot of places. One of the best, I think, one of the best top horsemen around anywhere. And uh, he's been at it. He's a uh, just solid. And we're talking about a good friend, a good man. We're talking about Kerry Coon from Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Kerry, welcome to Better Horses. Hey, Ernie. Thanks for having us on here today. And congratulations on on how the boys are doing and everything. And just, you got to be proud of them. Oh, yes, sir. They're doing fantastic. My oldest son's playing college baseball. My, my two little guys are in middle school now. So uh, they're all chasing their dreams. And our plans are to have a fishing segment one of these days with your boys. They'd love that, wouldn't they? Oh, they would. I'm pretty sure I'm going to retire here in the next few years. I'm just going to go drive the boat for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you on, Kerry, and you're just a great man and, and uh, great. Uh, tell us what's going on in the horse industry. I mean, you see, you've been with it, I don't know how many years, but tell us what's been going on in there and the trends you see and stuff like that. Well, I mean, we've been traveling around since 1999. We've been to 46 out of the 50 states. We've been to Canada three times. I haven't crossed the pond yet just because I can't stay on a plane that long, but it's been pretty remarkable to not just ride 
all the different horses we've ridden, but to meet all the different people involved in the equine industry and watch it evolve over the years. You know, these last couple of years with this whole COVID thing has, in my opinion, changed the equine industry probably more than it has in the last decade. And it's, it's interesting to me how people now, it's, it's almost like now they truly see the value in a horse to where the equine market has caught up to some of these other markets out there. And it's, it's rewarding for somebody like me that's been in the equine business for so long to now see what these horses are worth. And uh, I, I really couldn't be more excited for where it's at, you know, with our clinics, watching people over the years. The, the natural horsemanship thing has evolved so much over the last 30 years. But where I see it today, I see the people that are really in it are the ones that really want to know what it takes behind the scenes, not just go out and buy something that is going to take me to the winning circle, but actually get involved to the point where they want to know what it takes on a daily basis and maybe even say they want to know what it takes to build it. I've always told people the last 20 years, if you don't know how to build it, it's going to be hard to maintain it. So the people that we've been seeing show up to our clinics, it's been pretty cool to see their interest now in digging a little deeper and not just saying, Hey, go find me the best trained horse so I can buy it. And I'll just go from there. Hey, Carrie, it's your clinics. You've, we've talked about it. You have had one busy year. Of course, you've had a busy career, but this year you have been a lot of different places, putting on a lot of clinics. Is, is there any particular demographics that show up at your clinics? Are they male, female, young, old, a, a blend? What are you seeing out there with folks getting involved with making better horses? Well, for, for our business side of it in the last couple of years, We've tried to get a lot more youth involved. Just over the last three years, we've, we've hosted a lot more youth clinics to try to get some of these kids involved at a younger age and give them a little bit more information as they're growing in their horsemanship. But we also take a spin on our youth clinics to where we're trying to get these parents involved. Some of these parents are buying horses for their kids, and the parents don't know much about horses, if anything at all. So our goal there is to try to educate the parent along with the youth. So when we send them home, the parent's able to help those kids a little bit, or at the very least, go seek out somebody that could help them. I would say we're probably still running 90 to 95% female in all of our clinics. We've seen a few more men show up at our clinics maybe in the last two years maybe it's just because of covid and they didn't have anything else to do i'm not really sure on that but it's it's always seemed to be from our perspective i don't know if it's if it's easier for the females to ask for help versus and i'll speak for myself maybe not so much in the horse industry but you put me in a in a situation i don't know much about Sometimes I have a hard time asking questions just because I don't want to come across that I don't know what I'm doing, but it really doesn't matter to us. We could take somebody that's never owned a horse. We could take somebody that's owned a horse their whole life trying to show for anyone in between. Doesn't matter the discipline to us. All we want to do is try to offer some ideas that could maybe help those people build an approach that would not just be easier to understand by their horse, but maybe be a little bit easier for that horse to accept 
and a little bit more willing to follow. Well, Perry, I tell you what, uh, just to see how your program has evolved is really exciting. I mean, you're really, I mean, I can't help thinking that the folks going to your clinic and I'll ask that you have a lot of repeat attendees. I take it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. We'll, we'll end up going back to the same place year after year. And oftentimes we get the exact same group we had the year before, maybe add a couple new ones, but it's pretty fun to be able to, to see that and see their, their improvement year to year. I see where you're doing the virtual help, and I know that that is a huge thing anymore and so beneficial to people who can't get to one of your clinics. Tell our listeners how that works. Well, I mean, we really didn't start that through COVID, but it comes in pretty handy. You've got fuel prices the way they are now. It's not near as easy to load your horse up and travel somewhere to get help. So that's just an avenue where somebody can film some videos of their horse, send us those videos. We'll look at them. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm going to be able to maybe see in that video what I could see if it was in person, but we, we do our best with what they send us and just try to give them some ideas they can go build on and just try to make it a little easier for them to get some help where they don't have to spend so much money traveling halfway across the country to find some help. Hey, Carrie, you mentioned that uh, you're trying to get uh, uh, more youth involved by offering some youth clinics. You've got uh, youth heavily involved with what you do pretty regularly right there at the house, don't you? Yeah, it is. So my two youngest boys are now 13 and 12. And these both these boys now, can they, they outride me at that age when I was probably 20. And wow. to watch them and be able to involve them, I'm sorry to say that I've usually got my middle son, Colt, in front of the camera because it's my youngest son, Cody, who's always behind the camera running the camera. Wow. But he's How old is Cody? Cody's 12. Wow. No, he just turned 13. He just turned 13. He's your so, head camera guy. So he's my head camera guy. But I always say he's my techie. And down the road, we're all going to end up working for him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so proud of what you're getting done, buddy. It's, it's been a blessing, and I can't thank you guys enough for letting us be a part of what you guys do. It's pretty cool to see all the different avenues that you guys are trying to educate people in the equine industry and to just allow us to be a part of it. We couldn't be more thankful. Terry, I know you've had some horses from the Purina t uh, team over in Missouri that you ride. Tell us about uh, you got any of those going right now. Uh, yes, I do. So we've still got, we've still got our gray mare that we got from them five years ago that we call Miss Purina, but I did pick up a couple colts from them last year. One of them's name is Capone after Al Capone. He, he's got a little mischievous side in him. And, uh, we, we picked up another one that, uh, my wife calls Paz. They, they called him Earl at the research farm. But since my dad's name is Earl, she didn't see if that was fitting if we kept calling him Earl. So I'm excited to bring those two horses into our filming come this spring. So we'll be able to let our viewers watch us get those horses started. And I think it's cool because it just kind of brings in the Purina Animal Nutrition Center just a little bit more to our viewers so they can kind of see some of the horses that grew up there. And uh, I mean, if you got to be a horse, that's the place to live right there where you okay. can taste that new feed. That's your daily job. That would be awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, they get to taste treats. They get to taste all different feeds. They they they're only given the ones that they like. If they turn it away, they get something else. So. Exactly. Exactly. We'd love to come out and ride with you or do something. I tell you what, just I'm so proud of what you're getting done with your family and and also with your, your proud of your walk with the Lord doing a super job. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, you're you're uh, cut, cutting a, uh, cutting a, a good, good swath right there. Well, we're we're trying to do things a little different. I've all I know is if the Lord can work in my life as stubborn as I can be, sometimes he can he can do miracles in anybody's life. Amen. <laughs> hey, Carrie, tell us what you've got ahead. What's what's coming up this winter? What are your plans? So we've got one clinic left for this year. Uh, two weeks from now, we'll be in El Paso, Arkansas uh, for three days. And then our clinic season will be done for the year. So we'll come home through November and December. And uh, we've got some really nice horses. The two horses that I mentioned from the Purina Animal Nutrition Center. We've got some other horses as well that we're training. So we'll be here doing some private stuff at our place, training those horses. And then our clinic season will kick back off next January. Wow. Not much downtime then. Uh, That's the life of a clinician and a trainer where can folks find out more about carrie coon horsemanship uh our website's the best place to to follow us and find out what we're doing and that is carrie coon k-e-r-r-y-k-u-h-n.com all the information's on there you got you have a lot of products available lots of information all your schedule everything is there the virtual information is on there too uh We'd like to follow you on Facebook as well. We get to see a lot of fun videos and information that comes across Facebook too, Carrie. Oh, yes, ma'am. So all our social media sites are Carrie Coon Horsemanship. So we'd love for people to follow us there as well. We're hey, so Carrie, we got, we, we've got about a minute left, and I, and I always like to kind of get a feel for what you clinicians are seeing out there. So is there a particular discipline that you see on the rise? Is it, would you say that would be dressage? Would it be one of the Western events? What are you seeing when folks bring their horses is what they're preparing them for? Well, you know, the rain cow horse deal down here in my area is really growing. But I honestly think in the last two, three years, I think the biggest rise in the equine market has been the rope horses. The, the value of a rope horse in the last couple of years has drastically increased. The, to, me, to me, the barrel horses, the reining horses, the cutting horses, those horses have been worth a lot of money for quite a while. And it just seems like over the last couple of years, the rope horse industry, and, and I'm sure the rope horse fraternities are helping with that a lot but it really seems like that has caught on and, and that's kind of close to my heart. I put myself through school roping. We rope on everything we have. So I'm just excited to see it across the board. Now these horses are, are worth a lot of money and it, it makes it easier for somebody like me that does what I do to invest my time in those horses and, and it pay off. Well, that's, that, that, that's exciting folks. Uh, you've been listening to Carrie Coon from Madison Lodge, Kansas joining us here on better horses. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Ron, Ernie, Ron, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Don't be a stranger to better horses, Carrie. I sure won't. Thank you, Ernie. Okay. Love you. Love you too, man. Don, take care. Okay. All right, you guys, we better take a break. We got J.R. Robles coming up. This is better horses radio. We'll be right back. 
Hey, we're back. Thanks for listening to Better Horses Radio. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Don Dawson. And our next segment is brought to us by Decra. They're the makers of Ospos and Zymeta. Zymeta is a fever reducer for your horse. And uh, it's a new product out there. So you want to check it out. If you have any issues with your horses that run a fever, visit with your vet about it and see what Zymeta can do for them. Go to Decra.com and see it. Hey, Ron, we we left everybody in a cliffhanger last week, as you said, with J.R. Robles, but we can't let it end that way. We got to hear the end of the story. And he is the winner of the wild card challenge on Road to the Horse a few weeks ago. And uh, we just enjoyed talking with him so much. We want to we want you guys to hear more from J.R. You with us, J.R.? Yes, ma'am. Still here. Hey, before we get into this, JR, any of you listeners that are like rats, I missed the show last week. Here's a reminder. You can go to your podcast, look up Better Horses Radio with Ernie Rodina, and just look up last week's show, and it'll show you right there in the show description, part one of JR Robles. You'll want to hear that. But today, we're excited to hear the second part of this story, how a young man who 12 years previous to the road to the horse had not even been a horseman. And now that journey has not only led to a professional career, but led to a championship in the wild card division of Road to the Horse. JR, we're so glad you came back. You, you kind of left us last week with, you brought us from this young man uh, that at age 25 had not really been involved with horses. And here 12 years later, you had made a career. You had walked away from a very successful career uh, working in uh, the medical services industry. And, and then you walked away and said, I'm going to be a professional horseman. And you took us up to the point where you'd gotten burned out a little bit, recharged your battery, came back, things really picked up. And then you qualified for the wild card to the road to the horse. Pick up the story and tell us a little bit about that event. So this event, like I said last week, was an event that I'd always wanted to be a part of, but never thought it would ever happen, at least not as soon as it did. Um, so when I got selected, um, I was honored and flattered and again, still thought that, that was unreal. Um, and so the the time from when I got told that I was uh, selected to the time where we actually went to Fort Worth, uh, actually went by really fast. And so my clients and I, and my assistants and I were getting stuff ready. And, um, you know, we said a prayer before we left and we got kind of choked up because, you know, we, my, my clients and my assistants that were going with me, they've all been fans of road of the horse for, for years. Um, one of my assistants, the one that moved, um, from Montana, like I told you guys last week, she moved to Montana and left everything behind to come to work for me. Her and her dad would watch road of the horse growing up and, so for her to be a part of it and be a pen wrangler was uh, so amazing for her. And one of my other clients that was going with us, they, they've had VIP tickets to Road to the Horse for years. So it was kind of cool that she also got to be part of my crew that got to help. And, um, and, and so everybody that was going with me, they had some sort of connection to Road to the Horse where they've always wanted to be a part of it. And now they actually got to be down in, in the arena with me. And which was amazing how that, how, how God ever just kind of brings everybody together that way with the same type of dream and same type of goal. And so, you know, we off to Fort Worth, we went and um, I was just happy to be there. To be honest, I had 
no idea that I was going to be in the, in the position that I was to, to, to win, um, let alone win all three rounds. I, it was just incredible for me. And, um, you know, we got a picture in the, the, the bloodlines for the horses, how they were bred from the four sixes. And when I saw the buckskin number six, he was the last one that I wanted. I just kind of saw something in his eye in the picture that I just, I don't want this horse. And everybody kind of has this idea of the road to the horse that a horse with color kind of has bad juju with it. Um, Cause nobody's had very much luck besides Mike majors this last year who, who ended up winning. But even the first round, I think he got uh, bucked off and he landed on his feet. I don't remember how that played out, but I remember the first round, he didn't win the first round and ended up winning the whole thing later, but uh, horses with color the horse and so um we got to draw to see who was who got to pick first and i remember listening to dr blodgett when he was talking about the colts that his pick would have been the the buckskin this is before any of us had picked who we were going to get and so and then i remember listening to dan james and matt west you know backstage they, they were saying you know and dan james was saying oh, I'd, I'd pick the buckskin for sure and so that kind of was stuck in my mind but in my head i'm still thinking i'm going to go with a different one. So I had in my head and even down on pen and paper, we had which horses we were going to get in which order. And so we drew for order of who we were going to pick. And of course, um, I drew, I, I got picked last. I, I drew the last pick and, um, six or there are seven horses and six competitors. Um, the one that I drew almost got taken out of the whole competition. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that, but he almost got taken out of the competition because he, he bumped his, uh, his face on the trailer on the way to the Coliseum. And so he had a pretty big gash. And so they had to, um, sedate him and they had to put stitches and that's how he got his name stitch because he had stitches on his nose. And so, um, I, he, he, he looked kind of intimidating back in the pens cause he's so wide and just kind of had this, the, the way he walked and just kind of this demeanor about him that even in back in the pens, I was like, I'm not going to pick that one. And so, um, again, fast forward to when we drew the numbers, uh, I was the last one. And so number six and number seven were left. Number seven had been kicking the other horses and biting the other horses. And so I know that part of the competition, we have to pick up their feet. And so I was thinking there's no way in heck that I was going to reach back and pick up that horse's feet the way he was kicking at those other horses. So, um, something in internally was just saying, well, you're number six and you know, we're here at the four sixes event. And he's back number six. So let's just go with that. The, this, the six, the, the theme. So I picked number six and people seemed very excited there in the Coliseum. There was, a, you know, there was a lot of cheering happening as soon as I picked number six. And I said, well, well we're going to make it work one way or another. And um, it was interesting because when I went in the round pen, he wanted to buddy up, but he was a little nervous of me. And I think I, I, if I recall, I think I was the only one that didn't have to rope him i just went up to him and just kind of loved on his shoulder loved on his neck and sure enough i was able to slip the halter on and really after that everything him and i was just we were just really bonded i mean him and i became friends we really did i mean everybody could tell that as soon as i left the round pen every single round he was trying to follow me out the round pen it was really cool um and and so his personality was perfect but i think if i had approached him any different I think he either would have shut down and got defensive or he would have been pretty flighty. And so um, even though he was good minded, I really had to be able to read him and navigate that, that, um, that energy. Otherwise, again, it was going to end up being a, a bad situation. And so um, 
I, I really had to read him, but everything turned out the way that I wanted it to. And I, I was on his back bareback within like 20 minutes. Um, and then I saddled him up, rode him around the first day. And the first day I didn't even, I didn't ask him for a canner. We just walked trot and, um, I, I was happy. I think people were like, wow, who is this guy? Cause again, when, when people were being introduced to the public, everybody had a really long resume. Everybody had won something. And so for me, that was intimidating. Um, uh, but I've played sports all my life. So for me, that kind of drove me a little bit to be, to, to, to make sure that I was on my A game. And so everybody else had a really long resume and, and they were all amazing hands. They're all really great hands. And so for me, it was like, okay, he was kind of the underdog because not a lot of people know this either was he was one of the horses at road to the horse in, in Lexington, Kentucky last year. And he also got passed up in Kentucky. And so they brought him to Fort Worth and nobody wanted him in Fort Worth either. So it was kind of a cool underdog story where myself, you know, nobody probably pegged me as a, as a, as a, as a competitor as someone that was going to be very competitive at this event, or maybe they did. I don't know, but I, I kind of took it like, okay, he's kind of the underdog. So I'm the underdog. So let's kind of make this work. You know, Jr. I, ha- I, you know, we visited on the phone about the horse himself and, and I, as you're sitting there talking about, and you don't have the credits and things, some of the top people in the horse world got famous because of the horse, because they found a horse or got to ride a very talented horse. And you were given that opportunity and you and I both visited that it was a God gift to you uh, to give you that horse in this situation. And um, we're just so honored to have you on and hear about it. Can you give us just a little bit about uh, we're running out of time here. We've got a few minutes, but tell us about the actual competition, what it was like to be in that environment and with other people training and the crowd. You know, I'd been in situations very similar to that because again, I've, I've given presentations at horse expos and I've, I do clinics around the country and I've done some of the cold starting competition. So I was very familiar with it, but uh, they gave us 12 pages of rules that we had to oblige by. And so my pen wrangler and my assistants, we would meet before the competition started at home and we took notes and we had little note cards. And so leading up to the event, we were so on top of what needed to happen. We were like, okay, if this happens, we'll do this. If this happens, we'll do this. And so obviously they're a living, breathing creature. So things will change and we kind of had to roll with it. Um, the tough part was um, time management. And that was, the, I think the toughest part of the whole competition because we would get docked points if our pen wrangler was in the uh, round pen too long, or if we were, if our, we didn't give them a long enough break then we would get docked points. If we were out of, out of the round pen, when we were riding outside of the round pen, we'd get docked points. So there was all these little things. If our pen wrangler touched our horse, then we would get docked points. So there's all these things that we had to keep in mind so that we wouldn't lose points. Uh, and I didn't want to leave points on the table. I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything I needed to, to do. And so um, there's also a, a film crew that was following me around. They're filming a, a reality show of my life and my career. And so we're, we're filming six episodes. And so, you know, that's also unreal to have that camera crew following us around while I'm trying to compete. Um, and so that was also kind of a little bit added stress, I guess, where we had to do a lot of th- things for them as well. Um, and so first round, second round, um, things just flowed for me with the horse. And I was just really happy with the way things were going. Um, and I had, a, I think I had like a 41 point lead going into the final round on Sunday. 
Um, but for me, 41 points at these competitions, that's not very long. I mean, sorry, that's not very much. You, you get docked 10 points per judge, you're back down to being where everybody else is at. And so that last day, we were sequestered uh, in, a, in a room away from the Coliseum. And so I was in a room for four and a half hours, four and a half, five hours, no cell phone, no TV, no nothing. And so I just kept going through the rule book and making sure that I knew what the rules were. And so they were calling us one by one, one by one. And then finally, when it was my turn to go up, um, they had they had two people supervising me, walking me from my room where I was sequestered all the way to the arena. And people were trying to say good luck and people were trying to shake my hand. But the people that were, were uh, taking me to the arena kept pushing people away. You can't talk to them because, you, you know, you couldn't have an advantage over the next competitor. And so uh, the way they did it was the lowest score went first. And so I was in first place. So I was going last. And so I went in and everybody was, but I could hear everybody cheering at, for the other competitors as I was in the room sequestered. So that was kind of messing with my head because I was like, crap, they're, they're doing really good. So that means I really have to do well. And so mentally, psychologically, that was, that was a really tough part of it too, where you're in a room and you don't get to see what's going on. So went into that final round and I just, I said a prayer just my, on my own. And I said, okay, God, I'm leaving it to you and I'll put in the work, but I'm going to leave it to you. And sure enough, everything just flowed. I mean, the horse was side passing. The horse was starting to spin. The horse was doing rollbacks. And at one point during the freestyle, I was, I was working the, working him on the wall on the fence, almost as if he was working a cow. And you know, that's what three hours on a horse that never, ever had any handling. And he's doing all these things that, you know, a horse that maybe six, seven months down the road probably couldn't do. And so for him to do all those things for me, um, was, it was incredible, but it was good because everybody kept saying that he was an easy horse. Um, but, but I was navigating it in such a way that I, I guess I was doing my job. If I was making it look easy, I guess that was, um, that means I was doing something right. If it was, if it was looking easy. And during that last round, um, I asked him to canter during our rail work and he started bucking, he bucked on me twice. And so it was good for the crowd to see that there was something in there, but I had so much body control that when he did go to buck, I'd disengage his hip, I'd move his shoulder, then I'd lope him off and then he was fine. And so I'm glad that people got to see that there was something in there, but I was, I was guiding him in such a way that I wasn't forcing him to do anything, but I was also redirecting that energy when it was maybe kind of negative. Um, so that last round was unreal. I mean, that was un. I, I would say out of any sort of event or presentation that I've done, um, I hardly ever feel proud of myself because I'm so critical of myself. But I would say that was one of the few moments in, in my 12 years so far that I would say that I walked away with my held 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 my head held up high and proud of the horse and proud of my team and proud of myself. Well, folks, uh, that's a that's a perfect conclusion right there to an incredible story that's not over yet. It's going to continue. I'm so tickled to hear that at some point we're going to get to see a documentary on you, Jr. And uh, I just want to say thank you, and I, I want to encourage folks to go to jrobelstraining.net. That's j r o b l e s training.net to learn more about. J.R. Robles. In fact, his name is Jonath, J-O-N-A-T-H. And uh, it's easier for uh, some folks to say J.R., but uh, Jonath, J.R. Robles, what a what a great win you had there at Road to the Horse. What a, what a great story your life has been uh, as you've built uh, 
uh, this dream. And it's been a privilege to have you on Better Horses Radio. We hope you'll uh, come back and spend some time again with us real soon. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for having me and let it, letting me and giving me this platform to share my stories. Thank you so much. Well, it's awesome, JR. We are so proud to have you on and we will be checking back with you. We promise. Thank you. All hey, right. folks, this is Better Horses Radio. We'll be right back. No matter what discipline of riding you do, training, showing, and everyday stress is hard on your horse's legs. Decra Veterinary Products is a leading lameness company that brought you Osphos. Osphos is a quadrinate injection, an intramuscular bisphosphonate to help control the clinical signs of navicular syndrome in horses four years and older. Ask your veterinarian if Osphos is right for your horse. Decra Veterinary Products is a proud sponsor of the American. Hi, I'm Dr. Dylan Luter, a specialist in equine performance medicine at the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. Our new service focuses on lameness diagnosis, advanced imaging, physical therapy, and regenerative medicine for horses with injuries preventing them from performing at their best. We can treat a variety of conditions and design a customized rehabilitation plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover, to teach, to heal. John Deere is known for quality equipment. This quality has created a perception that John Deere is more expensive than other brands. But high quality doesn't mean high price. The truth from buyers in our area is customers who have purchased a John Deere Compact Utility Tractor saved more than $2,000 when buying from Heritage Tractor. Dare to compare us before buying. You and your wallet will be surprised. Nothing runs as long as a deer, and we'll prove it with our exclusive 10-year warranty. Visit heritagetractor.com slash compare to learn more. It's time to fall into forage and save. Stanley Premium Western Forage is offering one of the biggest promotions of the year. Buy any three Stanley products and get $5 off. Stanley Premium Western Forage offers the highest quality premium forage from the Western United States. During the summer months, Stanley's farm employees carefully nurture and harvest their fields to make sure the forage meets their product specifications and exceed your quality standards. Winter is coming. Get prepared now with the help of Stanley Premium Forage. Visit stanleyforage.com coupons to download your coupon now. Stay cooler this summer by entering Merck Animal Health Sizzling Summer Sweepstakes for a chance to win an Arctic Summer Cooler. This soft pack cooler from Arctic is lightweight and durable. Take it anywhere, from a camping trip to the horse show. The cooler is leak-proof and insulated to keep your drinks cold for up to 24 hours. Enter before August 31st, 2022 by going to merck-animal-health-equine.com slash summer-sweepstakes. Again, that's merck-animal-health-equine.com slash summer-sweepstakes. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by hours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather, it just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Klein Schmidt's Western Store. Higginsville, Missouri. 
It's time to go with United Mosquito and Fly Control's premier fly system for fly control in your barn. Providing relief for horses from the stress of fighting flies. and also makes a barn more pleasant for everyone in the barn. Easy, effective, and safe. With United Mosquito and Fly Control, we provide a full service. You as the barn owner don't have to do anything. We go everywhere and take care of everything with our friendly, fast service. Call today at 913-558-3814 or email paul at unitedmosquito.com. If you're passionate about the environment and your horse's bedding, we urge you to look into WRG Eco Shred Bedding. Made from clean, recycled, corrugated cardboard, Eco Shred provides absorbent, biodegradable animal bedding. Vacuumed out so it's dust free and highly absorbent. Eco Shred Bedding is made from recycled materials, perfect for horses and small animals. Save the environment and order the finest bedding for your barn. Go to NebraskaWRG.org or call Heartland Horse Products at 620 637 2455. Hey, we're back. This is Better Horses Radio. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Ernie Rodina. And I'm Don Dawson. And this segment is brought to us by Stanley Premium Western Forage. Go to stanleyforage.com. Check out the website. You can find these products at almost any place that sells horse feed around the country, from your big box stores to your local Purina dealers, and they've got the quality in them. So check it out, stanleyforage.com. How we- Guys, we got we got our bulletin coming out again. We're so excited about it, and uh, we're talking about we, we changed the name back to Better Horses Express. You know, just kind of kept it at that, and we're excited about it because every month we send out sixty thousand e blasts to to our horse friends and uh, our neighbors, and so I want you guys to be aware of it. Pretty exciting, isn't it, Don and Ron? Absolutely, Ernie. Yeah. And here's the other thing I'm going to do. I'm going to, you guys don't know this, but I'm going to, you know, and I got this from my brother, Ron McDaniel. He's here somewhere, Ron. And that (laughs) is one of the best sermons I've ever heard was called Be Bold for Jesus. You remember that, Ron? I do. Yeah. And so what I'm going to challenge every once once on, on these things is challenge our listeners who we all love. To, to take some of this and apply it. And I'm kind of focusing on be bold for Jesus on that. And uh, uh, that's what I would, uh, I want to do. And and we got to uh, just promote, promote uh, that and don't be ashamed of that. And that's kind of what I wanted to say, Ron and Don. We're saying Ernie, and we do want people to, um, listen to our show, listen to our inspiration, learn from everything that we put on here because we do it for you guys as much as we do it for ourselves. So exactly. uh, we, we love the show. We love the format. We love the gospel being part of it. God's word is amazing. And we do appreciate everything you do, Ernie. The newsletter going out to 60,000 people is amazing. You guys, if you're not on that list, just email Ernie or Dawn at betterhorsesradio.com, and we'll get you on that list. There's tons of information in it, uh, along with all the information about Better Horses TV, Better Horses Radio itself. Uh, There's a lot of calendar items on there, things happening around the country. So get on that list. And you know, Ron, we've got some great events that are coming up. They'll be here before we know it. Uh, In a click of the fingers, Equifest will be here. Yeah, they sure will. If we don't start making plans right now, you may miss these. And Dawn, even before Equifest, coming up January 18th through the 22nd in Queen Creek, Arizona, 
That's the Art of the Cowgirl. And uh, if you've not been to an Art of the Cowgirl celebration that they have, you want to go. There are competitions. There are clinics. There are There's a trade show that's got so many cool items for your horse, for yourself. I just would highly recommend folks look at Art of the Cowgirl, January 18th through the 22nd. A good time of the year to be in Queen Creek, Arizona, Dawn. It is. I've seen some pictures, some of the vendors. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, if you like to shop, that is the place to be January 18th through the 22nd, along with Equifest of Kansas. It's one of the biggest horse festivals around the country. There are a lot of them. There's some big ones. Equifest is one of them, and we're proud to be right here just down the road from them in Salina, Kansas. That's March 16th through the 19th, 2023 in Salina. You can go to equifestofks.com. Yeah, Dawn, I happen to know they're lining up some great clinicians for that. It's going to be exciting. More details for both of those events to come out, so be sure to check them out on the internet and stay tuned to Better Horses Radio. We'll continue to update you as we get closer to those big events. Lots of neat stuff. And don't forget, if you got something you want to put on the calendar, contact me at Ernie at BetterHorsesRadio.com or Dawn at BetterHorsesRadio.com. That's right. Can you believe it, Ernie? It's that time already. I'll tell you what, I, I hate it every week. Have a great time. I want to tell you folks how much we appreciate you getting on on the Better Horses Radio Show. We love you. This is your show. And uh, you got something you want us to talk about or bring up, just just contact us. But uh, I want you all to be good buckaroos and buckarettes. Mind your moms and dads. We want you to be brave, but don't take any chances out there. Find that person you know and love and get them up, get up there and tell them you love them. And, and uh, we're talking to uh, Connie, Brent, Nick, and Luke. Uh, and how about Rooster Redmond? Just a great man to, out there. And Ron, how about you? You know, you got a bunch of buckaroos and buckarettes. Oh, just a quick shout out to all my grandkids, Brody, Briar, Mesa, Clay, Jude, Finley, and Cade. Dawn? I got one grandkid and her name is Hattie. And I give a big shout out to her every week. Love her. Jeff, JD, Carmen, and Justin, you guys be good too. Until next week, I'm Ernie Rodina. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Dawn Dawson. Happy trails. And be sure to ride for the brand. Thank you.